Welcome to the Elevate podcast, brought to you by the Registered Master Builders. Each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us get the best from our businesses, our teams, and ourselves. I'm your host, Ryan Castle. We talk to experts, advocates, and business owners in the construction industry to share their knowledge, insights, and experiences to help you build a better business and enjoy a better life. Now let the business building begin. Hi Ryan, good to talk again. Um, Hi David. Yeah, in terms of in terms of the industry, well, it, it's really busy. Has been for probably a good six nine months now, and and no sh- signs of letting up at this stage. Uh, particularly residential, but also commercial, busy. Um, most builders are reporting they've got pretty full books. Uh, questions around um, access to uh, supply chains and labour, and we'll talk about that, no doubt. But no, generally, um, the, the glass is half full. Um, so uh, most people are pretty positive uh, and just worrying about the challenges to make sure they can deliver everything they want to deliver. Indeed. And David, I'm curious to dive into a little bit this word um, busy. We use it a, we use it a lot yeah. uh, in the context of what you're seeing going on in the construction industry at the moment. Is it, is it good busy or is it bad busy? What's your view? Well, I think that's why I say glass is half full. So it's it's good to be busy in that there's there's a there's a strong pipeline of work. Um, but uh, sometimes I also think about myself: um, is it is it productive busy or unproductive busy? And I think that's that's part of what we talk about today. And certainly, we're trying to communicate with our members: is be clear about what your priorities are, uh, make sure that you're productive in what you're doing, plan ahead, communicate. Because the communication is critical, otherwise all the planning can go out the window if people don't know and they start challenging, um, particularly from the customer point of view. Absolutely. And David, I've always found a good distinction around whether it's been good busy or bad busy. I think uh, good busy tends to be planned, you know, not to the point that nothing out of the ordinary happens, but you get to the end of the week and you know you've made progress on the things you were wanting to execute in that week. So you can go, yes, we made progress there. We made progress there. We completed that. And it's uh, that tends to reflect a good busy week where you know what you were supposed to do and you got it done. I think bad busy is often the one where you feel like you've been running around uh, here and scare them all week. You get to the end of the week and go, I know I was flat out. I worked big hours, but I'm not really sure what I achieved. I think those are quite good uh, indicators of whether you're in the in the good zone or the bad zone. Mm. Yeah, and I and I think as a just making a general comment. Um, the construction industry, one of the areas that we haven't always been strong is on that planning side and thinking ahead. It was interesting during the COVID shutdown this time last year, I think it gave people a time to think and do some planning and communication. And for a lot of our members, I know they came out of that, uh, if they'd spent their time wisely, feeling we know where we're at, we know what our plan is. And we need to keep that in mind, not to fall back into the bad busy. I'm too busy to do the planning. One of the other things I think, Ryan, that's it's important to remind ourselves of, um, more businesses in the construction sector, particularly residential, go broke in a busy or an upturn than in a downturn. And that's because take on too much work, don't like to turn it down, uh, then find, particularly if they've taken on a fixed price, that they're squeezed because their costs are going up. They can't necessarily put up the price unless... Um, they can claim uh, variations, so and, and that's important to think about. So fixed prices is, is dangerous. And then also there's delays. So that planning and thinking and focusing on how's the business going as well as the individual projects is really important. 
A uh, very wise uh, mentor that we have in our business, uh, Dan Mickeljohn, he talks about dirty revenue. And I think it's it's a great term and it's that reference to, you know, not every dollar is a good dollar. So yeah. someone comes to you and says, hey, can you quickly do, can you do this project for me? And you're like, yes, I'm keen to grow. It looks like, looks like good money, but not spending the time to go, do they really fit my uh, client yeah. profile? Are they an A-class? Uh, are they type of people or organization I would like to work with? Is it the type of construction I'm experienced in and that I know how to effectively price and run a smooth job and, and get a good outcome? You know, just pausing for a moment and asking that question, does this look like dirty revenue or is this something that's uh, squarely in our sweet spot as an organization is a, is a great place to start before you jump at the next project and potentially cause yourself some carnage? Yep, that's dead right. Wise words okay. indeed. So, David, tell us uh, about uh, there is excess demand or, or significant demand, let's call it significant demand in the, in the market. Um, that demand is fantastic for the availability of work. What we're seeing is that it's causing some challenge in the supply side of the business, people, materials, etc. Can you share with us your, your insights there, what you're observing with the Master Builders members and, and that supply side? And then maybe uh, some further insight is when uh, things are not tracking as we'd hoped, a change in labour or, or material. How do we go about uh, dealing with that? Yeah, well, I think um, we've been here for quite a few months now um, about some areas of supply side materials. It started off with tapware and kitchenware. And as time's gone on, that's become more and more widespread. So a shortage of materials in, in a number of areas. Most recently, of course, there's been talk about timber uh, for whatever reason. And um, and, I, and I think that'll solve itself, um, hopefully over the next six to eight weeks. But I think we need to anticipate that there could be disruptions to the broader supply market for some months to come. Uh, and at an individual level, you can't change uh, the big supply chain, all you can do is look at your agreements, um, look at what you can do within your business. And that does, does come back to planning. Uh, similarly, in terms of labour supply, um, uh, plenty of discussion about critical shortages, shortages of experienced trade staff um, for the main contractor, um, subcontractor, specialist trades. Uh, they've got a lot of work on uh, prices going up um, across the board, really. Uh, and then the perennial problem of, of some of the, the, the key skills like quantity surveyors and project managers, a bit of poaching going on. So there is uh, uh, pressure on prices. Um, and uh, certainly hearing more and more that there are some delays um, for, for those reasons, plus uh, the perennial problems around building consents and building inspectors across the country uh, getting busier and busier, uh, and they're struggling to keep up, which is making those problems even worse. So that's a bit gloomy, isn't it? Um, but I think that reinforces the, the importance uh, to communicate, to talk to talk to your suppliers, find out what's happening there, talk to your subcontractors, uh, make sure they're available, make sure that our relationship's strong. And I guess a key focus for us is talk to your customers. So um, the consumers people you're doing work for, uh, particularly when you get into the residential space, they're not necessarily sophisticated in terms of having a great knowledge of the construction sector. Um, they will be impatient. They're anxious anyway. And so talking early, 
what we know through our guarantees and through complaints generally, about three quarters of our complaints originate from customers uh, not knowing what's going on and feeling that their builder's not talking to them and not being upfront with them. They're, they're not always pleasant conversations, but the longer you delay it, the less pleasant it's going to be. Uh, I think if customers feel you're being honest, you're communicating, even if you're saying, look, uh, there's been no change, um, still working on it, um, haven't forgotten you. Um, that's absolutely critical. Uh, they will hear some things in the news, but they won't know uh, exactly what's going on. So um, it's a simple thing, communicate, communicate. And what have you observed as best practice? What are good tips for people in terms of their communication? So you've obviously highlighted the uh, often and early as a, as a good approach. Would you have other yeah. recommendations of how people should approach that communication piece? Uh, I think do it in a way where um, you're looking for solutions. You, you know, be open to listening to what they've got to say. Um, it uh, may be a bit of patience. It may be that, uh, you know, a particular person on your team, if you've got a team who's, who's good at that, uh, but use that same person to continue that communication with that client rather than switching around. Uh, if they Single feel they've been pushed from one person to another, then they feel like you know they haven't got a relationship, someone they can go to. So it's it's you know how would you expect to be treated if you were on that side? Um, how do you feel when you're trying to communicate with um, you know let's say a banker or an insurer where you don't feel you're getting the the service you should? So just put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, I like it. Great, great advice. And with this uh, challenge, plenty of work on uh, maybe expectations changing around. Uh, timelines uh, the natural thing is when one part of our timeline gets pushed we try to make it up elsewhere and that's often comes uh, to us as leaders and businesses putting more pressure on our staff to try and you know execute things things faster what would be your guidance in terms of dealing with this uh, let's call it a pressure wave um, you know in the within the team environment well again I guess it's understanding that um we're still, we've still got COVID hanging over the top of us. Uh, people are still anxious. Their families are anxious. Um, you know, understanding what it's like for them, not without being intrusive, you know, how are things at home? Um, are you okay? It, interesting connection between that and supply chain, for instance. Uh, a story in Auckland that I heard from more than one builder, both also commercial builders, uh, when they came out of their last lockdown, there were shortages in terms or time delays in terms of concrete delivery. And that was because some of the, the, uh, the companies had staff who couldn't get back to work during the level three it was. Uh, they or their partner may have to stay at home to look after their children because schools were closed. So just understanding that knock-on effect. So what does it mean for your staff? How are they feeling is there something else that um, is going on? Is there something extra you could do just to help them and alleviate the pressure that they'll be under? So just understanding um, we're all in this situation and we all deal with stress and pressure in a different way. Indeed, I think it's really good uh, insight. And knowing that uh, 
just because someone's earning more, we I think we can fall into that trap of going, oh well, you know, I'm providing a whole lot of overtime to the the team here. They're earning some more money, so they must be happy because they've got a whole lot more money coming into the house. You know, that might be helpful, but it's only one part of the the whole relationship or the whole person that we discuss. So I think that inside of knowing the whole person, understanding what's really going on for them, you know, I've seen solutions as simple as adjusting a start and finish time for someone. They don't work any any less, uh, but that can hugely help out it might be you know a school drop off in the morning which they wouldn't normally able to do because they're on site at seven or whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, but just small things like that can make a huge difference and when you're in a very very tight labor market holding on to the good people you've got is is essential so you know coming back to what is it that motivates and can can assist them can be a, a real driver in maintaining the consistency of your team and therefore not creating a snowball effect of going oh now I've just lost a couple of uh, good team members I'm struggling to replace them and the, the the volume of work certainly hasn't reduced yeah well that's right and look even in a good time the cost of replacing good staff um is, is actually pretty high, both in dollar value and in time lost. So um, even more so right now, I'd say. I've seen some research that suggests the cost of replacing someone, uh, depending on their seniority and years of experience, uh, sits somewhere between six and 12 months of their uh, pay that they would receive their annual annual pay. Mm. Uh, you know, and that's because it starts taking into account uh, time it takes to bring people up to speed, the amount, the opportunity cost of maybe the, the business owner or someone key in senior leadership in the business having to spend a lot more time with them. So it's not just about the uh, fees or the advertising to get them in it's actually all these other costs that that come on board as well so if you've got some goodies look after them yep absolutely okay um david uh one of the big parts of uh, master builders is advocating an industry um can you give us an update on where the focus has been for, for master builders recently yeah well there's a lot going on isn't there um you know we're continuing to input into the accord uh and that's i think that's proven its worth so it's still plenty of time Uh, Obviously, issues around skills and uh, talking to Immigration New Zealand about where they're at, um, what the industry critical skill needs are. In fact, we've got a meeting coming up at the end of this week. Uh, Supply chain, we've talked about. Um, Commerce Commission, uh, potentially, they're going to have a look. We're not so involved in that. I'm not sure that that's the key area of focus for myself. Uh, But one of the really big ones, obviously, is the recent housing announcements by the government. And there will be a whole range of reactions to that. I I think um, what I'm encouraged about is that the government at least is trying to do something, whether it's the right stuff. As I say, there's plenty of opinions. Um, But we will have to continue to be involved in that conversation, particularly thinking about it from a building point of view. One thing that I think uh, this government and and other um, political parties are now cottoning onto is what we've talked about for a long time is the continuity of building is critical, let alone things like bright line tests and tax, et cetera, and, and land supply critical, but continuity of work. So we don't have boom bust. We don't have a situation where we have a, another precipitous drop and we lose a lot of people. So I think everyone recognises that. Um, It's not an easy one to deal with politically, but at least I think all the political parties now are saying, okay, we need to turn our attention to that. Yes, that would be uh, ideal. And it is the recurring theme and discussion with you know successive governments and yep. the fact that you're able to sit at the table regardless of uh, 
shall we say, which colour is holding the balance of power in, in uh, government, um, your ability to continue to advocate for the members and try and create that consistency of uh, demand is really, really important. Yeah. Um, David, I wonder if we can just um, circle back a little bit when we were talking about the importance of community communication, both with our uh, team, certainly we're managing with them, with suppliers, and then most importantly, I think, with our with our customers. Um, we like to think that if we are open and reasonable with uh, clients, that they will uh, do so in kind. And I think that is actually what happens the vast majority of the time. You're open up front. Most people are actually pretty reasonable and they'll, they'll uh, you know, meet you halfway on most things. What what can we do if the if it becomes unreasonable? Um, where else should we look um, for for guidance if that situation arises? So so I think the, the first thing is um, as you say. I mean we've talked about I guess some of the soft skills, the communication skills, but knowing the legal situation is really important. And to that end, we recently published on um, offsite on on our site uh, some advice from Hazelton Law about. Um, RBC1 uh, and a specific number of clauses in there that allow for variations in, um, in costs, particularly where there's rising material costs, et cetera, or where there are delays that are outside um, and could not reasonably be expected. Um, now, in terms of COVID, uh, as that goes on, then there are things that the builder could reasonably expect. Um, but I would really encourage people to, to go to offsite and find the article. Um, it's called uh, Protecting uh, RMBs Under RBC1 in the COVID-19 Era. Um, some really good sound advice. Um, and that can be used um, in part some of the early conversations as well, but um, just need to think about that. I think the other piece of advice in there is as you're signing up new contracts, just be very thoughtful about what's included there will be clients who want to, or their lawyers want to cross out certain clauses. Be careful and don't give in to some of those uh, pressures because if and when things go wrong, those clauses are there to give you reasonable rights for variations. If you've lost those, you can get into trouble quite quickly. So I think it's really important to understand that legal advice to go alongside the, as we say, the soft skills about how do you communicate. Spot on. And we'll put the link to that article in the show notes of the podcast so people can access it uh, easily. Uh, the other thing to be aware of is that all the Master Builders members can get a complimentary 15-minute call with Hazelton Law uh, if they have uh, initially, they've maybe just a quick question or insight into where they're at with a, a contract, then the team at Hazelton can certainly help them with that. Mm -hmm. So we'll also put the uh, free call number in there for Hazelton's for people to connect to. Um, by the time this podcast goes to where we will have also completed a immigration webinar for the Master Builders members and uh, we'll also have a, a link to the recording of that. So uh, there are some changes coming up in the law about what uh, happens in around immigration and who can and can't and whether you need to be registered, etc. Uh, so that might also be a useful resource for the uh, members to connect into and, and just uh, find out what's happening. Of course, we're dealing with a COVID situation at the moment around immigration. Uh, but as that changes over time, hopefully vaccination rollouts and some freer travel, uh, that will those, some of those changes and that might bring some more skilled labour hopefully into the market as well. So uh, we'll also add the link so people can access that also. David, any closing comments from you around 
communication, connecting uh, with customers, uh, managing that supply chain? Yeah, well, I think the the other one around communication is also the same old thing. You know, talking to your peers. Um, you know, we talked earlier around um, how busy people are and the pressure you can put yourselves under, uh, and someone to talk to, just to take the load off, share some stories, uh, because everyone else is going through a similar thing. So, take that time, find that time in in the busy lives. Uh, and then the final one is just a, a plug for Constructive. We've got coming up in August in Wellington, August 12th and 13th. Uh, and we're changing it up a bit again this year. So one of the days will focus on commercial construction, the other one on residential construction. So given how much is going on in res residential construction, we thought we needed a full day. Um, some of that will be about government policies, some of it trying to stimulate some debate, but also some practical things about what's going on, uh, some areas that we're, um, we're hoping to see some progress around building consenting, which has been a real uh, challenge. So um, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, couple of days. So put that in your diaries. That's August 12th and 13th. Great. And again, David will add a link to the podcast show notes so they can get straight to Constructive and register their interest in attendance there. Thanks again good for joining fun. us. Appreciate your uh, insights and uh, keep up that good work. Thanks very much. Pleasure as always. Thanks, Ryan. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.